0: To make things like this easier.
1: I'm reading.
0: And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing?
1: Have fun together. Did I do good, Daddy?
0: <laughs> yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together. Today we're going to be talking about a very difficult subject teaching through the tears I think is what we have it titled but before we begin if you could head down to the show notes feel free to connect with us on social media Ariel is leveling up her Instagram game (laughs) and join us out on Facebook that would be really nice because we have a nice little community there and feel free to ask ask questions and we also have our resource guide and then I think whatever we talk about today we may have a few things to recommend and those will also be in the show notes as well. So today we're talking about teaching through the tears.
1: Which is just kind of a funny it's really about building motivation in your kids. You know. to to do to do some of the formal lessons, right? There's there's things that uh we all don't wanna do. And how do we motivate our kiddos? We had a listener, Lindsay, who wrote Mm -hmm. to me uh, on Instagram. Thank you, Lindsay. And asked about building motivation. Her son often digs his heels in when he gets to doing phonics or math work. And, you know, how do you... uh, what language do we use? What expectations can we set? What are our tips and tricks to to help get over when the kiddos are like refusing to work with us? So we wanted to talk through that today. What we've experienced and some things yeah. we've seen and where we found success.
0: You know, when you al- always Google problems like this on you know Google and whatnot, and you see what people have to say, you get a million different answers. There's a million different solutions, and there's no way that we can you know give everything. I think what we'll do is we'll try to give you the mindset on how to approach it to maybe find the right answer and a lot of times this is you know like you always hear that one parent who has <laughs> my kid only falls asleep on the on the washing machine and in their carrier it's like how did you get there that baby yeah that one baby right well they figured you know that was the one thing that worked right and right. i'm not saying yours is going to be like that but you know there's a lot of different solutions to a lot of different problems we'll give you some ideas some tips and tricks how we've been able to overcome this you know all of us are focusing on early learners, and early learners we all know can be very stubborn. And if they don't, I want mean, to I
1: think learners of every age, I can be stubborn. Well, sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I think the thing, the of problem course. is, is that the the reason that your child uh, is refusing, or you know, maybe not just refusing, maybe they just they don't want to. They're going along with it, but they're not happy about it. They don't want to do those formal mm-hmm. lessons. There could be so many causes. And that means that the the solution is tailored differently. So we'll give you just an overview of what we think some of those causes could be, um, for you to t- try to be very curious. That's what we try to do with our daughter. We've we've had these mm-hmm. struggles. I think every homeschooling parent, every parent, right, who's tried to get their kids to do homework, even from regular school, has had these struggles. Um, even if you're not doing, even if it's not schoolwork, it could be chores or. I mean gosh my kid digs her heels in when we try to get her to brush her teeth or go to the bathroom so it could be anything or go to bed
0: like I mean, or just go to bed it but. could be anything right yeah. it
1: really could be and you know there's a lot of different ways and I so what i would say before if you're having a, a problem like this with your child with anything we found that the the right answer always is to be curious,
0: curious and communicate. Yeah, you know, communicate.
1: Right, to be curious about w- about what's going on there, because it's not just that your kids being a jerk. Even though we sometimes feel like our kids being such a jerk. <laughs> Right. It's, it's not that there's something under that. So stay curious with us on this journey as we'll talk about some stay of the things
0: curious and keep exploring.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Emily's wonder lab. <laughs> watched way too much. Emily's wonder lab on Netflix. Um, so yeah, stay curious with us as we talk through this and try to think about what could be behind your child's behavior. Every time that we've come to a roadblock with our kid, uh, you know, we get frustrated and we power struggle over something. And when we do that, not only do we not usually get the result we want, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to power struggle with her about brushing her teeth. And then she goes to do it and she does like half the job and d- doesn't do it very well and gets toothpaste all over the bathroom sink. And it's like, that wasn't the expectation. That wasn't the result I wanted. Mm-hmm. And it also hurt my relationship with my daughter. So Power struggles are are just never the right answer, even though we do them too. It's just like that's the the first thing you want to do when your kid's like, "No, I don't want to do that way. I want to do this." Blah blah blah, and you're like, "You shall." I'm the parent, right? I mean, that's the first thing that we do, right? It's not, it's not that we mean to be that way, but.
0: Can you give us your Moses voice again?
1: Oh my gosh. It just, I, I have this.
0: These are 15, <laughs> 10, 10 commandments of nighttime yeah, routine.
1: You know, I just, I feel like it's so natural, right? Because the things we, we ask, we feel as parents yeah. that we ask so little of our kids, right? I do, I do everything for you. Now I would like you to. Go poop, right? This is the question, right? This is the thing that I want my kid to do, right? It's the little things. Yeah, you've been farting all day. I need you to go to the bathroom. And she's like, absolutely refuses. And the first thing that we want to do is be like, This is ridiculous. This is such a small thing to ask of you. Why won't you just do it? And we and we get authoritative. And whenever we do that
0: because that that tends to be the easiest route. It's not it's you know, communicating. It's
1: a natural route. It, it it's a natural yeah. reaction I think that we have to it right and nothing tightens it up faster than being authoritative right I, I, the last way we're going to get her to go to the bathroom is that way right but it, we all we do it we we fall into that hole and and we don't want to be that way because if we're if we're curious about it and we come to realize oh it's because she really wants a book and she really wants a certain book or something I mean it could be something we're not even thinking of. Yeah. So right?
0: let's let's start into what are some, you know, common issues why a kid will refuse to do, whether it's learning or anything in general. But, you know, in this case, let's talk about learning, you know, the homeschool environment, mm-hmm. doing the things we, we need to do for education.
1: So um, when our kid refuses to work with us, we've commonly found that uh, one, she's uh, been overstimulated, right? Yeah. She either is currently being overstimulated, um, or or has just been, right? She maybe she had a, an eleven day with grandma so yesterday.
0: Where did, where did we hear this? We heard that it was this wasn't Super Nanny, was it?
1: No, I, I don't. I think I don't know if it was or not. But we, you know, if so, if your some, kid your kid so, has yeah. all these these different levels of a day, right? If your normal average day is like a five, right, where you know there's there's ups and there's downs and things are pretty normal, but then you go to the zoo that's an 11 right that's a day that's off the chart it's so overstimulating then the next day you come back and you try to do another day at five and Mm -hmm. sometimes we have trouble getting our kids to recalibrate Mm -hmm. right and we we've totally seen this this, especially coming home from grandma's house yes
0: when we come from grandma or nana papa's house it's it is we are coming down off of an issue like when if she goes away for a week or whatever and then she comes back after a couple days. It takes us a day or two to get get it back into normal. Right.
1: Rather world. than those days being fives, we would need those days to be like twos <laughs> so that you know it's extra light, it's extra calming. We can't just step right back into our normal routine. Uh, depending on the day that they've had, so overstimulation that that can be just a big problem.
0: Well, and what dovetails well with that is is the idea of being tired or amped, right?
1: Right, yeah. Oh, you know, there's nothing worse than trying to homeschool a tired child or a child that is so excited to go and you know, oh, oh what if you? And we've had this happen, right? We have a play date set with a friend for lunchtime, and you're in the morning, and you're trying to get her to homeschool, and she's just bouncing off the walls because she cannot
0: wait to go oh, play I, with her she's friend. I'm gonna to play today, I'm gonna to play today. It's amazing. Right. And, yeah.
1: and so, you know, she's too amped, that's just not gonna work, or she's overtired, right? We maybe we missed our homeschool window. We have to homeschool and we would normally be doing nap time, and that's just a recipe for disaster. So, you know, two you know, tired kids everybody knows is bad, but amped kids can be just as bad if not worse sometimes because they're they're scatterbrained right their brain is just going in so many directions and the last thing they want to do is sit down and focus on something that is not super exciting to them
0: Uh, next one hangry when they are not just hungry they're hangry
1: yeah this is a big one right The little
0: one is doing this where she's two years old almost two years now and she is absolutely hangry when she wakes up from her nap and if she does not get something I mean, she's gonna be chewing on the walls, she's gonna be screaming at you, yeah
1: well and 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 with our early learners too, right, kids in the preschool and early elementary stage are growing in some rapid bursts right we've noticed times where we felt like our daughter wasn't really growing and then all of a sudden we cannot get enough food into her mm-hmm. she is eating constantly and she'll sprout up a couple of inches so uh, just be mindful of your kids uh, growing cycles that you know hey we have a we have a routine right we have breakfast and then mid morning there's a small snack and then there's lunch and there's an afternoon snack right we, we have like this but that might that cadence might not be working if you know you're Kid is going through a growth spurt, so be aware of the hungry, which quickly turns to the hangry, and all bad things sprout from
0: that. Hey, listen, I get hangry, I know, I know, what it's right? Yeah, I do um, grab uh, Snickers, <laughs> yes, yeah, not, not brought to you by Snickers. Um, next thing would be about the subject matter. So, s- some sometimes you know, the subject matter that they might be learning might be a little bit boring or in- interesting. Um, or that they could be frustrated with the learning, like in some way that maybe they're not getting it. They don't like it. They...
1: The last time that they did that, we've had this with our daughter with yeah. reading, right? The last time that we did it, she, uh, really, really struggles with it. So the next time we try to do it, she remembers, mm-hmm. right? She's remembering that she struggled with this, this and had a really hard time with it and she doesn't want to do something hard. Right. So, yeah, that definitely a frustration, or she was really bored the last time, and oh, why would she want to pick that up again? So, well, and,
0: and the next one would be a relationship or lack of connection. You know, I see this a lot of times when, you know, I might have a morning where I'm, you know, the baby is very needy and I'm having to deal with her a lot, and the older one is off, you know, kind of playing in the kitchen or doing her thing in her room, or, you know, maybe we're playing downstairs and I'm really, really having to be attentive to the younger one. And then all of a sudden the younger one goes down for her nap or we go off and do something and then we come back and, you know, it's nap time for her and then it's homeschool time. That the older one, she hasn't gotten a lot of attention all day. And now I've got to sit down and I've got to do schoolwork with dad. And I would rather just play with him. I want to play blocks. I want to get my needs met.
1: Her cup has not been filled. My cup
0: has not been filled by my daddy and they're going to fight you in that, in that respect and that's another thing you have to consider that's something i've seen a lot that's that's a very subtle one but that's kind of that jealousy factor when you have the multiple kids and you may see this if you have two or three or four kids that you're all trying to homeschool you know how do you apportion your time respectfully between them so that you can then achieve the things you need to achieve. And how do you manage that? That's a, that's a thing that I've seen a lot.
1: Yeah. We, we find the best success with our daughter when her cup has been filled with connection with us, mm-hmm. with a uh, stimulation by being outside and getting some mm-hmm. outside play, um, by being well fed and hydrated, um, not having to go to the bathroom or anything. Right. And, and by, um, you know, by that calming environment. So, like, we're gonna kind of talk through some of the some of the solutions to to some of these, and yeah. you know, see again, stay curious about which of these problems, or maybe there's a different problem that you're experiencing that you know could be the root cause of why your child is pushing back on some formal lessons.
0: So we we were th- we were brainstorming for this. We were we were thinking, you know, how or mainly you're were, you're were bouncing off of my head, like you know, what are the the issues that you see, you know, when you're homeschooling with the kids. And we broke it up into four things that I kind of, I think are like the core of the problems. The first one is kind of the spatial issue, environment and time. Then we go, I was thinking, you know, okay, so it's a time element. So once I get past the environment and time issues, I have the beginning, which is the preparation. I have the next is the implementation and then like roadblocks and ending. Like, how how do I end the day? And it's all through that time of the education time. So, we'll talk about each one of those kind of individually, some issues that we run into and how, you know, I've been able to kind of break through that. So, the Mm -hmm. first one is the environment and the time.
1: Right. So, this is all about having an environment that's going to be conducive to focus Mm -hmm. and learning. So, we found that we had made a, a wonderfully colorful and dynamic homeschool space. And there was lots of stuff on the walls and lots of interesting things to look at. And uh, yeah, they were just too interesting. Yes. So we, we found that, the, that our daughter did best when we simplified Mm-hmm. Right, we made sure that the room was uh, pretty clean. Right, if it's too cluttered, that just becomes very distracting. Um, that it's quiet.
0: Well, in our environment, it's a large bonus room. We right. have our bonus room upstairs, and it's right. kind of like a playroom. There's a lot of toys in there. Um, and then also in the corner, we have the home, the homeschool area. And I specifically make sure that she is turned away from the room, so we're up against the corner in the wall right by the TV. and. You know, her not seeing all the toys and everything is mm-hmm. very helpful. She has to literally crane her neck around to go see it. So being able to just focus, okay, I just have the stuff in front of me. I just have the wall and here's my daddy. That's a good way to just like initially take away those kind of distractions.
1: Well, right. and it's and the, lar- hard. and the
0: large windows are behind us too, so she can't see outside. Yeah,
1: yeah. You you've you've faced her towards that so it's not distracting. We also don't have our younger daughter sitting there playing with blocks behind her. Right? So there is some homeschooling that we do when the younger child is is in the room and she is playing, mm-hmm. but it's okay because it's it's things that our daughter's excited about doing, mm-hmm. reading stories or doing some art or doing some other engineering type blocks and different things. But if we're talking about, you know, reading and math, the things that we need real focus for, we can't do that with another child doing something distracting. In I the found
0: room. I found that to be the case. Now I'm I'm hoping that within the you know by the end of this year, um, that the older one will be a little bit quieter and maybe we can start doing homeschool together. I'm I'm actually eagerly looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, if if our younger child was sitting there reading a book, I don't think that our older would be distracted. No, I don't think she would have a problem at all. But
0: but I I have this like baby toddler thing. We
1: have a toddler that's you know they're just they're walking chaos, right? And so it's much more interesting to pay attention to her sister than to pay attention to the lesson. And so she's definitely going to put up some uh, some issues with wanting to start.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And the next thing um, that we make sure is that you know we we pick that right time so the toddler you know when i'm doing the very focused stuff like the reading and math that's the stuff that i found that it needs to be quiet i have to pick the right time and i've had to do this huge you know this huge shift in our schedule our whole daily routine has just been shifted because we've had to give up the morning nap for the baby um in lieu of just the afternoon nap um and in doing so our older one has been Basically not napping, doing her quiet time and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I have now given up on the afternoon nap for the older one and then used the front half of that nap, that first hour of the nap, to do those more intensive, you know, one-on-one learning um, activities, those lessons that I have to accomplish And I've had to do this huge shift in my whole day,
1: but it's actually been a better time of day for her because
0: she's already played. She's she's she's
1: played. So for for us, you know, find your child's right time of day. For us, in the by doing this in the afternoon at like one thirty, right. Uh, our daughter has already been outside. She's already been playing all morning with her sister. She's had lunch. She's gotten to see mom because I always uh, well no, I, I sometimes am able to take lunch away from my working remotely at home. So she's gotten some of me as well. She's gotten some of the, her cup being filled. And then sister goes down. Everything is quiet. And she's had all these needs already met. Right, so I think mm-hmm. that that's a that's a big part of it, so finding your child's right time of day, we used to do it in the morning and
0: around ten o'clock now we're doing it about one one thirty
1: right, and it used to be that you would have to get them outside really early in the morning in order for her to be even then her cup was like semi filled right she'd mm-hmm. eaten breakfast at eight, so maybe you could do a small snack, but it was still it was a little bit dicey in the mornings you've had much more success with this afternoon because yeah. it seems like she's in a better frame of mind. Mm-hmm. In that early afternoon time frame,
0: I think she's just it's not that I think she can nap. I just think she's calmer, she's been you know a lot of her energy's been burned off, and she's just I think more receptive to the lessons i she's not as antsy, mm-hmm. she's not as amped up so for for me, I've been able to and it took a lot of observation to find that okay that's gonna be the good time and we gave it a try, and it's been really working it's been working well mm-hmm. um next thing um so that that's kind of environment and time so kind of considering those two things to imp- not necessarily um that you, you got to have the perfect environment or the perfect time But those are things that you may need to shift around and change that maybe is impacting your homeschool life. Right.
1: Right. We're trying to, what we're trying to do with these is, you know, how do you set yourself up for success, Mm -hmm. right? You could do all the things we talk about and still be struggling because of one of the issues we talked about at the beginning. And then you can try to get to the bottom of that. But all the rest of this is just helping to set the stage for success. Once you get through if your child's having a, some specific issue with something, then, you know, obviously you have to tackle that, but this is the, rest of it that sets up the playing field so that you can be as successful as possible
0: and always experiment like what ariel said is you know be curious think about different things you know i have tried a couple times where i have you know told my oldest say hey let's do homeschool downstairs or you know when it was in the summer let's try to do homeschool outside let's try to do homeschool here and there and i'm always testing different areas because you know maybe she'll do better there maybe she'll do better over here Almost all of them have been absolute failures because there's other things that are just distracting her when she's mm-hmm. somewhere else. But try it, right? Test it. Try it. Give it a try. It's yeah. not the end of the what world. What have you got to lose? Yeah, what, what do you have to lose? I you mean, you're homeschooling almost every day. Right. You might as well you know, try to see if you can discover something new that can help. And also doing fun things like going to a picnic and doing some homeschool there, that might be a, a fun way to get away. Like if you have to do a nature study or you have to do some science. It might be fun to do that at the park. Just... Think dynamically. It doesn't always have to be upstairs in the homeschool room. You can always try different things and see if those work. I have not had much success with homeschool outside of the homeschool room or homeschool area. Well, I think it really depends, right? Uh, doing, it depends on what the subject right, is.
1: Right. Doing yeah. nature stuff outside or even doing art outside has been fine. But mm-hmm. when we're talking about these these subjects that are, you know, less fun, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about our math reading lesson or phonics, reading, uh, handwriting, the things that kid, you know, kids don't gravitate towards wanting to do. Those are the things that, you know, usually we get pushback. You know, I, I think very, hopefully very few of you get pushback about doing things like art, um, and nature, but you know, yeah, so definitely try to try to mix it up.
0: So, so the next thing is, you know, you have a good environment, you have your good, you know, the, set, the time you're doing next thing is preparation. Um, you may have issues with preparation. You may have issues with getting started. You know, for me, I'm under such a not a time crunch, but the minute that minute that baby goes down, we got to get moving, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like 120 minutes. That's all we got. We can do all of our work during that time frame. I can't spend 30 or 40 minutes finding all my stuff, getting all my YouTube, my my paperwork down, figuring out what lesson I'm on things of that nature, because I'm burning very valuable time.
1: Well, and you're you're burning patience with your learner, right? Yes. So if you go in and say, okay, hey, come on, let's go in. We're going to do math. And then you go in and they sit at the table ready for math.
0: They're kicking their feet and they're looking around. Right.
1: And they're getting bored every second that the goes pages, by. You're yeah. trying to find what you got to do. You're trying to get your manipulatives, all those things, right? That's a point where you could lose them and then they could be, I don't want to do math, right? Because this... To me, this motivation question isn't just about them saying, no, I absolutely refuse to do it. It's also them just losing interest in, and being so distracted or bored or or unengaged that you spent your time going through this lesson and they didn't get anything out of it, which I think is almost as bad, if not worse, as them saying they don't want to do it at all because you've then wasted your time teaching something that they're, they're not going to remember and you're probably going to have to reteach tomorrow. Right. Mm-hmm. So that, that's just the worst.
0: Yeah. And so so ways I get around this is that, you know, Ariel does the Trello stuff and and we do Trello for planning. And so like I already know ahead of time what I need to do for the day or what are the items that I can pull in for the day that I can do during this time frame. So my mind's already set on it. Like sometime around 11 or 12, I start thinking about, you know, what do I need to accomplish today at the homeschool room? OK, I have to do a math lesson. I need to do my reading lesson. And then we're going to do some art. So I'm thinking about it. Maybe I pull down a couple little things. Um, I know my materials are 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 positioned in the right area. I know right where I need to go. All my manipulatives are on the shelf. It's going to only take me two or three minutes to get stuff together. Very often when I go upstairs, I'm like, hey, I need you to go potty. Tactical pee. Thank you, Bluey. <laughs> Tactical pee. Um, get upstairs. I'll be up there in a minute. I'm putting sister down. You can play for a couple minutes while daddy gets ready. And when I get into that room, I go right to the table, I start pulling everything out, I set it all up, and I'm ready to go. Maybe two or three minutes, I then give a warning so I don't stop her immediately And what she's doing. Because I've now given her the ability to go play, I need to give her a warning. Okay, you got two more minutes, and then you can come back. I give her a one-minute warning, and okay, sweetie, let's get going. A lot of times she'll just stop and come on over. Right, because she knows, okay, it's homeschool time. It's not like, hey, let's go up to the bonus room. Oh, guess what? It's homeschool time. She knows baby's going down. It's homeschool time.
1: But this is part of the preparation as well, right? So the next thing we want to talk about is setting those expectations. Exactly. So in the morning she already knows what's coming, right? We've already talked about it during breakfast. We say, okay, great, honey. Well, so today this is what we're going to do. Oh, you're going to go outside and do nature walk with daddy and sister. And you're going to do this. You guys can play for a few hours. Mm -hmm. Um, You'll have lunch with mommy today. Then when sister goes down, we're going to go do homeschool. We have a short math lesson to do. And then we're going to do this reading lesson and then we'll be all done. And you can play for the rest of the day, right? We've given her a total schedule. Now, best laid plans right it doesn't always go that exactly. way oh the baby's having a meltdown we can't go on our nature walk i mean things change but you know she she kind of knows what's coming and then when you sit her down in the homeschool room too the first thing you're doing is telling her again for the second time that day this is what we're going to be doing. Hey, we just have a short math lesson and then this short reading and then we'll be done. Or, and then we're going to sit and do art, mm-hmm. right? So again, giving her the expectation of exactly what's coming for her, and this is now the second time she's heard it, it's not a surprise to her, right? If you go, hey, we're going to go to homeschool and you go up to the homeschool and you're like, okay, math.
0: And she's like, what, I don't you? want to do math. She
1: already knows, yeah. right? She's already, the expectation has been set that math is coming and it's mm-hmm. today and we're going to go ahead and get this done. And
0: the reason why we really focus on the setting the expectations verbally with them um, is that because that is something we've seen because we're, we're, we're paying attention as a, a moment where we can get the frustration level up to max max level, not only for her, but also for us. And this is one of those things where I head off the confrontation ahead of time by telling her what my expectations are, what are our plans? And yeah, listen, I get feedback. She goes, daddy, I don't think I want to do that today. Or I don't want to do, you know, a nature walk today. I'd like to go play in the backyard. Okay, great. We can pivot. That's not a problem. But she knows all the things that I have planned. She goes, oh, I don't want to do homeschool today. I'm like, well, I'm sorry, sweetie, we have to do our activities. Is there something else you'd like to do as well? We can add that into the schedule, right? I do negotiate. You know, I do negotiate with terrorists, but <laughs> uh, you know, um, but she does know that this is coming. We're going to do this. So I, I really agree. And that goes with the attention span, right? Understanding, you know, what your kid is expecting and what they are focused on and what they're doing or what they're willing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you can head off that frustration when they feel like they're being yanked away from something they want to do, or they're being taken away from something that they would rather do. If they don't know that they're going to get that opportunity today they may be in conflict with what is coming right because they may think well if i do homeschool today i'm not going to be able to play outside no you know because you've set, you know the whole you've laid out the whole day you will be playing today you will be going to do these things so by doing homeschool, you're not in conflict with the things that you want to do, because right. I think a lot of times she thinks it's an either or, but a lot of ca- in a lot of cases it's an and. You're doing both things.
1: Right, right, and just the expectation part is so is so important um, in, in that. And you talked a little bit about attention span, mm-hmm. and and one of the ways that we use this too is you know in your preparation of what you expect of them is we know how long she can stay with a lesson. Okay. Oh, yeah. right? Okay. So she's got a 15 minute max for math and a 10 minute max for reading. I I you know I'm just making this up. They it does change, but know the the attention span of your kid. Like if you've only got 10 minutes and 10 minutes is all you can do with them, then then know that and make that part of your plan. Don't try to plan a 20 minute lesson for reading when you just know that your kiddo is going to have a problem. Uh, at that 10 minute mark, right? So again, you set yourself up for success by understanding what their limits are based on their age, right? So you know, we see these things like, oh, um, you, right start math we're doing, mm-hmm. and you've got this math lesson. That whole math lesson may be 25 minutes, but maybe you don't have 25 minutes to go. Well, that means that you need to make an adaption so maybe you're going to do you're going to pick a good stopping point and you're going to stop halfway through and that's going to be the point because that's the attention span of your kid and you do the next part uh later in the day or the next day or you may have to make some changes so understanding the attention span of your kid when you're making your expectations is super important you know set yourself
0: up for success absolutely next thing is uh tone is something that really irritates me personally is tact and tone i always ta- always say that to you <laughs> i didn't like the tone um having the right tone with the kid about the activities that they're going to be doing whether they're things that they like to do like hey we're going to the jumpy house today or we're going to go play outside today that's really fun also homeschool is fun right i'm looking forward to these things
1: right not well we got to do our math now yeah yeah
0: like <laughs> i i i really i'm really i really think kids you know they latch on to, you know, what you're saying and they can mm-hmm. pick up the inflection in your voice and understand if that's something you enjoy or not enjoy. You know, we talked, we laughed about this. You don't have to be the kindergarten teacher of the year or the first grade teacher of the year. Right. We, we're we not super peppy. Yeah, we're not. And, but, you know, is stay positive. And that can be a hard thing to do, especially if you know, hey, I've had two straight bad days. Man, this is going to be just tough. And you're naughty. And personally, you're not looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. you, you're afraid that it's going to end up like the last couple of days. I really encourage you. Just try to push through that. Try to put on a happy face. You know, be positive. And a lot of times, I like to do is acknowledge. It's like, hey, we've had a tough, you know, a difficult couple of days, and you know, Daddy's really sorry for those hard days. And you know, I think today's going to be better. Are you really are you ready to work with me today? Yeah, today's going to be a good day. Today's going to be a really good day. And and be positive and say, I am looking forward to doing this with you because I'm excited about you learning these things. And being, like, honest and authentic in those manners, I think really comes through. I think the kids pick that up. Um, I mean, obviously not all kids. Some kids look right through you and go, you're lying to me, mom. I know it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: your mileage may vary, but we found that we can't go wrong with a positive tone, right? Maybe that isn't always the be-all, end-all, but we can't go wrong with it. Um the other thing we wanted to talk about a little bit, you know, you're you set the expectations for the day and the agenda for what you're going to do. If you can allow your child to have a little bit of power in that, mm-hmm. we found good success with that. So, hey, we're going to do math and reading and then we're going to do art together and we're going to do this nature walk. Um you know, if if our daughter says, "Can we do the reading first before the math?" Mm-hmm. right? If it's something that you feel is not um is not giving up kind of what you need to do then you know we let we let her have that power right if she wanted to say can we do the art first and then do the reading and math? And you know that she's just putting it off because that's the part she doesn't like, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll say, no, no, let's get that done first. And then we'll enjoy our time together for art more. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't always let her, but if, if there is an ability to let her have some power in the agenda, they're more invested in it when they've had some power in setting it.
0: So, so we've talked about environment the time, kind of like those dual things, setting up your, you know, setting up the landscape. We talked a little bit about the preparation coming into it the right way setting the day. Uh, Next thing is implementation. And you know, how do you get going? How do you structure your act, the actual moment where you sit down and do homeschooling? You know, you've tried to do as much setup work as possible to be as successful as you can, but now you're getting into the nuts and bolts. You're you're in the room, that kid's sitting across from you, you got to go it's gotta work. So right.
1: You've gotten their their agreement to do the the <laughs> lesson, right? Let's assume you've gotten through the absolute refusal um and and you know they're willing to sit down and do a lesson with you. Now it's like this is the part that always makes me nervous. I'm glad you do it. But um <laughs> <laughs> you know, about some of these formal lessons because this is the point where you got them to agree. You were positive. You said, "Okay, this is going to be great. I can't wait to learn this with you." And now you need to like put your money where your mouth is, right? You need to make it fun. You need to you, you need to not bomb, right? I feel like there's pressure there
0: because I, I know how stand up comics feel.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like it's it's this moment where you they've given you some of their trust. They were skeptical. They've done this math it, thing it, it before. Is it is still and, shocking mm-hmm. that a
0: five-year-old walks into that room, sits down and says, let's do math. And I'm like, whew, I that, mean, did that really just happen?
1: It doesn't always get, it's not always that way, right? There are, we, there are times, right? Where, where, you know, it is more difficult, but they've, they've given you this little bit of trust that we're going to yeah. do this and it's
0: not going to be so bad. And I might even enjoy it. And then
1: <laughs> it's like, and you're on, yeah.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. You know what? I mean, oh man, do I even look at it like, that? I don't even look at it like that. I you know, some people. Oh, you know, the metaphor of being in the trenches, and you know, you're going to battle every day. And I really don't see that. You know, oh man, that's funny that you say it that way. Like, well, I, that's what I, I
1: think is like. You've done all these things. You've prepared them. You've you've done all your preparation. You have all your lessons outlined and everything. You've gotten their trust. They're sitting down. They're like, okay, mom, I agree. We're gonna do this, and then. Boy, you better make it good because they've agreed, right? <laughs> well, this, but I don't do the math and the reading lessons with her, so
0: I, you know, that's I, the pressure I would feel. Yeah, you know, I look at it as, you know, in the moment with with a kid, and listen, she's a good kid. Um, she she works hard, but she's she can be frustrated and not want to do things and fight and whatnot. And I've gone through a lot of that. Um, but I don't when I get in there and I'm sitting down in the moment of truth every every day at one o'clock, one thirty it almost feels like okay we have to clean the house right i got i got to get the rugs i got to sweep the floors i got to mop and i i feel like okay i have i have a bunch of things i have to get done and i don't see it as like i'm going to fight the whole way or that you know i'm on in some respect I don't know. Maybe because it comes naturally.
1: I think it comes really naturally to you. I think that yeah. you naturally have a way of making it fun. You also have a lot of experience with it, right? So you've yeah, you've mean, two, been teaching two these years now, yeah. And you and, and so you've you know you've kind of been through some of those early okay, so, struggles. Okay, so
0: if I could go back in the Wayback Machine, it was freaking terrifying those first few days. So there we go. So <laughs> I, I can I can totally go with you. And you know when we started the Kinder curriculum, kind of unofficially in last year at the kind of we were talking about like May time frame, yeah, May June something like you that. Know, yeah, those first few days was kind of scary because it was a new curriculum. I don't, you know, I think some of the fear that you're thinking about is the familiarity with the curriculum.
1: Well, and it's also like, you know, if if today stinks, if I if if this is boring for them, how am I going to get through the next fifty lessons? And and I remember us having this discussion yes. when you first started, yeah. and you weren't sure exactly how to make it interesting. This was the point when yeah. you were like. I'm terrified of teaching this because it was not going together. And this is when you develop the micro lesson. So yes. I think we should talk about that because this has been something that we've. I found a lot of success with micro lessons and it's something that the curriculums don't naturally, um, aren't naturally organized that way. Like, like we talked about with, you know, maybe the math is a 25 minute math. The reading exercises can be, how long would a reading thing be if you did from start to finish of an all about reading lesson, right? So, and it's meant to be done kind of over the week, but they don't, they don't, I don't know. They don't say that, right? They don't just say, Oh, Hey, do 15 minutes a day. Right. And then yeah. you'll get there. So uh, I think that that's so the, the micro lesson was a big breakthrough for us. Yeah. I
0: think, I think going back to, you're absolutely right. The micro lessons, it, it kind of goes all, all, you know, it kind of goes all together. The micro lessons, looking for breakpoints, you know, folding in rewards. So talk um, talk about the rewards. Talk yeah. about
1: the way that you use this because this has worked it's, out really successfully. It's
0: all together, right? It's all my software background and working with developers and Taking little nibbles of everything, right? The way we develop a million lines of code is you, you write one line of code at a time, right? right? And the you know, way I write a book, one one sentence, one chapter at a time, right? It just you just it's fifteen hundred words a day. Do it eighty days in a row, you'll have a novel, right? It's like getting that mindset of just like piece by piece by piece by piece, and attacking things in that manner. I think has been what I've brought to the homeschool room. And and right. so this idea of micro lessons, so I try to break up every lesson and you got to guesstimate sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. is this section like in write, start math or in all about reading, they have everything br- broken up into these kind of sub chapters within the chapter. It's like a section. Now, is that section a 10 minute section or is it a two minute section? You got to You got to read it real quick and say, okay, this is like a, this is a 10 minute exercise, right? This is us switching letters, sounding out new letters, bringing in new letters, sounding out words. Things of that nature we'll do that for ten minutes. That's a micro lesson, right, but I want to actually do two of these things
1: and you don't I think you keep them all to like at at a time you yeah. keep it to 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 ten it does ten minutes kind of is is and, your goal
0: and this is where the art yeah, ten minutes about five to ten minutes, but this is the art right the art of paying attention, and this is where it all kind of comes together where you have a small lesson and you you're breaking up the day, and very often I don't hop subjects, I try to stay in math, I try to stay in the reading. But what I'll do is I'll bring in a little bit of rewards. So I'll say, okay, we'll do ten minutes of math, and then we'll read a chapter in your celebrations book, and then I'll or a page. So uh, in some, the book. you
1: know, our daughter is our daughter is book motivated. Your yeah. child may be different, but ours is. And don't you have her say before the lesson, yes. um, what book are we going to be reading? And she she gets all excited yep. while you're getting ready for the lesson. She's running around and grabbing she, she the books
0: she wants. Yeah, she gets the books, and and I say, I want you to find the page you want me to read. Because a lot of times they're just two pages, and I don't want to read more than about two or three minutes, and then we'll go back into the lesson. Mm-hmm. And I have her put bookmarks in, and so she's very fat, you know, rapidly finding the pages she wants, and she's very excited. And then that's something you can use during the lesson if you got kind of a little sticking point. You can say, "Hey, you know, we're going to read this page next. Let's get this done so we can go do this type of thing." So be really excited. Right. Um, those are those kind of like using the natural breaks and the rewards, kind of together
1: it's great though because she's looking forward to that you know she you're you're like you're not saying oh we got to do this huge lesson no you're just saying hey and and you're showing her we're going to do this one section and then i'm going to do the thing you want to do which Mm -hmm. is read this these pages
0: and i found that she you can't really try to tease her out with multiple rewards she's very (laughs) she's very you know existential in that matter she's like she only cares about that next reward Mm -hmm. right so let's do this and then we'll do your reward. It's something she can see. It's right next to her, off to the right. Okay, great. I, I'll do this, and then Daddy will read me this book.
1: Which and so uh, you know we're getting into the subject of rewards, and this is one of those things where
0: a lot of people have sticking points. A lot
1: of, of people do, right? And you know, there's this whole Alfie Cohen and intrinsic motivation, and we shouldn't give rewards. And and here's my feeling about rewards in general. Rewards is the stuff of life, right? So, uh, this is what the adult world is built on. Mm-hmm. I do, I don't like doing laundry, right? But I do the laundry because the reward, well, It's nice to have clean clothes. I'm not going to say that's not a reward, but really the reward is that I just want to get it done so that I can go and read a book or Mm -hmm. I can go do something else that I'm excited and passionate about, right? Um, You know, if I was just motivated to have clean clothes, I could do the laundry any time of day or evening, but I don't. I do the laundry in the morning because I want the rest of the day to not have to think about it and get to enjoy the other things that I want to do. Mm -hmm. I go to work every day because I get paid to go to work. That's my reward for doing it. I'm not intrinsically motivated to do my job as much as I love my job, right? So I feel like we deal with rewards all day, every day Mm -hmm. in everything that we do and acting like our kids should just be intrinsically motivated to do stuff doesn't ring true with me. Now... Maybe a lot of people will have a problem and don't not agree with us on that. But for us, using thoughtful rewards and natural rewards too, like, hey, we're gonna get these things done, and then you can have the rest of the afternoon well, to play. And, and that's
0: also, you know, but it's that's going true. Right? It's going back and understanding what your kid likes to do. And the thing is, I'm reading her. I'm reading her a chat like a a page within a book that would be like a spine book within a homeschooling curriculum. Yeah. And she thinks it's a reward. And for me, it's like, I'm just doing more homeschooling. Right. You are. And, and.
1: But she, what if her thing was that she wanted to play, to, dance to, to, to dance for two minutes, I would absolutely, you would do that, right? I mean,
0: yeah. We'd toss on some Charlie Parker and dance together.
1: Right. Right. We're doing Charlie <laughs> Parker this week, um, for <laughs> Blossom and Root. But, but yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I think that these micro rewards, the, the idea that all rewards are evil and, and, I'm, and, and some rewards definitely are work at cross-purposes to what you're trying to do, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they'll negatively affect things. And maybe that's what this intrinsic motivation is trying to talk about. But small and strategic rewards can work wonders.
0: Well, and the fact that you're, you're accomplishing things. So the minute you accomplish that little 10-minute 10, 10 micro lesson, she gets the reward. But before she gets the reward, you give her the reward, I'm super proud of you. That you were able to accomplish. Look at this awesome thing you were able to do. That's right. And, and that positive reinforcement so that when, you, when you're when you done with that reward, the reading or the dance or the whatever it might be, and you come back, she's like, I did really well the last time. I'm going to do well this time. It's just kind of that mindset and setting that mindset.
1: One of the things I would say about the reward is make sure that whatever you do it doesn't get them too far from where they've been, right? You want them to come back to the lesson. Mm-hmm.
0: So if it's... Yeah, again, the reward cannot be long. It cannot be long because you take it it takes them too far away.
1: Right. I mean, if it was like, oh, I want to sit down and play my video game for a minute, that's probably it's not, not, not going to work right. You got to find a reward that's going to be something that they'll enjoy and they'll look forward to.
0: I have used the apps. I've, I have mentioned this know, before using the Khan Academy, the Frederick app, those type of things before... Um, I actually haven't been using a lot of apps lately. She's been really hot on books, and so I've just been kind of going with but what those. But those apps you
1: usually used at the end of your homeschooling, mm-hmm. "Hey, honey, if you can get all of the things done that we have on our list, then you can do a little Khan Academy kids for a while." That was an after thing. Yeah. You weren't expecting her to come back to the homeschool no. room to the table and, you know, so the the rewards that you choose need to be something that's small enough that um, they don't lose they you don't lose them. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. You know, you don't want to have to struggle to get them to the table the first time and then have to struggle to get them back after their reward. So just, you know, be cognizant of what you use and books are a great thing to do.
0: Next thing is careful consideration of the child to ensure that they're still engaged. And this goes well with another idea, which is pacing. So being able to watch their eyes, making sure when you're, you're losing them that you can kind of bring it up, change it up, change what you're doing. Maybe this isn't working. Maybe I should try something else. That goes back to the preparation. So when I'm doing this activity or I'm doing this lesson, then I have another way to do the same thing that might be a little bit more exciting. Thinking on the fly. I know that's kind of hard. It's like, well, how can I be creative on the fly? It's hard enough to do this stuff. But trying to have maybe a couple things in the back pocket. Like I'm in like the 50th, 50th lesson of the All About Right Start Math. So I have a lot of experience with the curriculum. I know all these different things that she likes. Up at the beginning, I didn't know. And Mm -hmm. so it was a little bit more difficult at first. And once I had enough experience with these type of things, I don't think I'll have this problem going forward. It was really, it was like the very first time I started doing a reading or a math curriculum. And I was so new at it. I really didn't know what I was doing. And I didn't know how to think on the fly. I think going forward, like when we do the next level, level one or whatever, I'm going to be a lot better because I'll have already done 150 lessons and I'm gonna do the next the next one will be great because I know how to adapt. At first it was very very difficult. So my ability to to shift on the fly has gotten better as I've had more experience. So if you're sitting there and you're you know you're still starting with this new curriculum or you're you know it's your first few weeks, it's okay. Once you get a little bit of experience under your under your belt, you'll be able to test and play different things and see how your student, how your learner reacts to those things. And again, that's just another little thing in your tool belt and and how to do that. Kind of goes well with it is the pacing. A lot of times I find that if I'm going too fast, like, hey, I have a math and, you know, a physics, math, science background, right? Math is very easy. I have to pull myself back a little bit, slow it down, do really thoughtful exercises, because I feel like I move a little too fast. If you're more of an English or language type of
1: learner, Maybe we're you may gonna to move too fast on the reading. Then. On the reading
0: stuff. So, like, yeah. I I find with the reading, I'm very mechanical with this the, with the the lesson, not formulaic. I don't want to say that, but where I'm, I'm very much, um, I articulate the movements. It's hard to say, like, okay, I'm spelling a word, jet. Okay, now I have the little tiles. I I'm pulling out the just sound for the la sound. Now, what is the word let? Right, I'm like it's very. Thoughtful in my actions, it's very similar to how I teach the math tour. But you're doing
1: a question and response, which is also a great way to keep engagement. Yes, ask questions. Ask questions. Ask them to clarify what you said. Right? Um, Switching roles. Uh, Can Can you help me to to spell this word? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how to spell it. Right? And then they take over and they take the teacher role. All those ones. All those bits of interaction are great ways to keep their engagement because, the, the the problem is you can you can teach them all this stuff, but if their eyes glazed over and they missed it all, then you're gonna have to teach it again, or worse, you're gonna get on you th- you think they got it, you're gonna go on to the next lesson, and then they're going to be upset and overly challenged because they didn't have the right preparation for that lesson because they don't remember the previous one that they need to build on mm-hmm. so uh you know making sure that they're engaged all the way through is is really key, and asking questions helps you to know too whether they're really getting it
0: exactly uh next thing uh doing warm up lessons this is some warm-up lessons and this is something i've been doing a lot lately and i have found this to be great so you know zero to 60 in two seconds is too fast
1: and not all curriculums have warm-up lessons so you're making this up
0: yeah so like the right start math has warm-up lessons all about reading tells you to do warm-up lessons Um, but they don't always give you those things they say oh run through the the cards or run through the letters and then start and you know that's 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 always nice but i always like to change it up and do different things i always like to have the warm-up lessons be that thing i'm trying to hammer home hey you know the difference between six and nine you know the difference between you know seven and five and have her really practice that as the way to get her mind going and to build that confidence and kind of like ramp them up to speed Mm -hmm. and get them ready and going, and then you hit the ground running. I found just ramping up younger learners to the level where you need them so that they can begin doing the harder stuff way better than just saying, okay, we're gonna start doing the math right now. And you're just like, it's very jarring to them. And again, that's like paying attention, asking questions, watching their eyes, and you will get that. You will see it in their eyes, and that just comes with experience. And so like a lot of parents may have some trouble, try to focus and hone in on the learner and then ramp them into this, I have found that to be a very helpful thing, and it gets two birds with one stone. I'm doing daily review of things I know she's struggling with, and after a couple of weeks, now she's got that in her bag, and then I can shift it to another warm-up lesson that's hitting those things that she's kind of struggling with, and then I can ramp up into the lesson. So it's a, it's kind of like it gets her ready for the day, but also I'm doing a short review and, and doing that mastery level of learning kind of that repetitive cycling back on and on the learning. I found that to be very helpful and very effective.
1: Yeah. I think that, that one of the things that's good about this is there's a balance, right, between keeping your children challenged Mm -hmm. and letting them do things that they have mastery of so that they can enjoy that mastery. So if the, and I think that Julie Bogart talked about this in her brave learner book, which is fantastic. Um, you know, if you teach them something and the moment that they get it, you go on to the next lesson and you start teaching the next thing. They never got time to like revel in their mastery of the thing that they learned. So one of the great things about these warm-up exercises is that, you know, part of what you can do is give them the opportunity. If they just completed a lesson yesterday um, and you were, and, and they did well at it, give them an opportunity to revel in that, right? Give them some words that you know that they can sound out so that they can have that feeling of confidence and accomplishment before you challenge them again. I think it's it's really easy for us to see that they got it and go, great, let's move on to the next place without letting them really enjoy that they they have that. And it's such a confidence builder, right? I, I think that that was a real problem. We We recently decided with our daughter that um, in the evenings, I'm going to take out our all about reading our first book, which she's already moved through, and I'm going to go back and reread the stories with her in that, have her read them to me so that she can show me her mastery mm-hmm. of those words and help build her confidence for when you're with her in the homeschool room and teaching her the advanced concepts. And I think that's going to work really well, mm-hmm. just giving them the chance to celebrate their wins.
0: Yeah. Well, and also the the idea of celebrating the wins is – Come down off your lesson with something that's positive. You know, you'll ramp up with a warm-up, you'll do your exercises, and then finish with something that they know is is they can do. Right. Like end on a high note. Yeah, always end with a high note. I, I really find that to be a very helpful thing because you know you've done your hard work and it may have been frustrating. They may have not gotten everything. You may have been a little contentious at points and you may have had to pull them back into it, but have them finish with something they can do it kind of ends with that positive note and they'll come back the next day remembering back the last thing that they did was a positive thing.
1: Right, if the last thing that they end on is something that was that they really struggled with and they didn't quite get and that was kind of the end of it, it does leave a sour taste mm-hmm. for the next time. It does. It's very it does. true.
0: It does. Okay, so we, we talked about environment, time, um, that implementation, preparation idea. Now we're going to talk a little bit about roadblocks, kind of that final point. So very often... You get to a point, and I think most of the you know the teachers here on on podcasts w- or listen to this and they go, where are most of my roadblocks? Very often at the end of the lesson, this they're is
1: either at the beginning or their end. Start, usually,
0: right? They're yeah. usually
1: you can't get them to so, s- to start, or you yeah. or you lose them part way through, and my, they,
0: you can't get them to finish. My biggest issues that I always see is right towards the end, and I have to make a decision towards the end on um, whatever lesson I'm doing. So maybe like I've done the all about reading and I got to do right start math and we're starting to struggle at the all about reading. You got to make a decision. Is this a resilience lesson or is this a they've done enough? I can back off and I can, you know, I can just end it here in a positive manner and then we'll pick it up the following day. Mm -hmm. Like that is a very hard thing and that's something you have to think about in the moment, in line. While the students' learning while they're starting to get frustrated, have I done enough today, or should I push them just a little bit, and that it's always gonna be in tune with what their you know what their attitude is right Do you see it in their eyes? Can they move forward? Go ahead, maybe push just a little, mm. get them through it, but also, is there a value in pushing through it oh i I have to read ten pages in the story. We only read two or three a day. Is it valuable that I go to the fourth page? maybe not. It's not worth the fight. She's done really well today. I want to end on a positive note. Well,
1: you, and you're building their stamina too, right? Yes. So this determination between, you know, do, do I push through and teach them resilience? Even when something's difficult, you have to keep going. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of that. But at the same time, um, you know, you also have to think about, like, is this so much of a challenge that it's, that it's too much; it's going to be off-putting for the next time, right? We, I'd rather they slowly build up the stamina of our of our learner, so that you know, okay, well, maybe right now she reads three pages a day, mm-hmm. and occasionally we push her to four, um, and then maybe in a few weeks she's going to start reading four consistently. Mm-hmm. But if we always tried to push her to eight. Pff- You know,
0: you're going to lose that battle every time.
1: Right. We need to slowly build her stamina up to longer lessons.
0: Next idea is the curriculum. You have to say the question is my my child struggling with the curriculum. You know, is, is it the issue with the curriculum? Do I need to change up how I'm doing it? Do I need to. Maybe swap out a new curriculum. These are kind of the existential questions.
1: Right. This is a difficult one. You know, best laid plans, right? We as homeschool parents have put so much effort. I know that you all out there have done so much research about what curriculum to use. Mm -hmm. Uh, I see you. (laughs) I've done so much research. Um, You know, it's... And they've spent money. Yeah. Well, well, you read about it. You're watching YouTube videos, reviewing it. You're looking through it. You're trying to determine what's going to be right for your child. You're considering your budget. You're considering the way that they're learning learning style. You make this decision, you purchase this curriculum, and then maybe it doesn't click with them. And, And this is a point where you have to really think about and try to get to the root cause of why are they struggling with the curriculum? Is it the way that it's being presented? Are the lessons too long? And we've talked about micro lessons. Is it just that it's totally against their learning style? Mm-hmm. And then maybe that's not the right curriculum choice for you.
0: Or do you adapt it?
1: Yeah. and But maybe, you know, hey, it's not really the right curriculum choice. You won't use it next year, but this year you've already shot your budget on it and you need to use it. Um, you know, what if you've gone into something that's very heavily workbook focused and you have a really kinesthetic learner You can't ditch the curriculum because you can't afford to buy a new one. So that's the point where you're going to have to be creative and maybe you need to get out some manipulatives and add some things from around the house and try to make something, you know, adapt the program to the direction that you need it to be. And maybe that's the right answer.
0: Or are they too young like in this case? You know, it, you have a five-year-old. Is it too young to start the reading curriculum? Is it too young to start the math curriculum? Right, And yeah. we'll hold off for a few more months and come back and see if we go again.
1: Absolutely. I We're all, we're all we, excited we to were start. We were talking
0: about this with our youngest. Like maybe some of the sh- struggle that we had when we started the, the curriculum with her was maybe she was too young. Yeah, right? yeah. I but think now I think sh- she's really doing well. She's
1: doing great now, and I do think she, she was probably a little young. And it was really difficult because uh, specifically with reading – our daughter was desperate to read. She wanted to read so badly. We felt compelled to start her on a kinder curriculum, even though she wasn't yet a kinder student. Um, And we felt like, gosh, you know, she might be too young for this, but she's begging to learn how to read and she's, her nose is buried in books constantly. And and she wanted it so bad for herself. We felt like we had to do that, Mm -hmm. but it did lead to a lot of struggles early on um, because she was a bit too young for it. So you know, it's just never easy, but we would say when it comes to curriculum, if your child really isn't responding to it, you have to get to the root cause of what about this isn't working for them and how can I change or or wait or um do it get a different curriculum or adapt or, or make some change because you know, if you if you got a curriculum that's not clicking with your learner and you just keep pushing and pushing and pushing it's you're going to be pushing against a brick wall it's going to be such a a trial when you find the right thing that clicks with them it's going to flow when they're ready for it and it's the right thing it just moves like clockwork it really does
0: yeah and you said you said a really good point of asking questions and you know with these common roadblocks that we're seeing that you know if you're getting to the end of things and it's still not working you know, obviously you can think about the curriculum. You can also ask the question as the teacher, you called it teacher surveys, (laughs) you know, ask your kid. And and I've done this a few times where I ask, you know, my older learner, you know, what can daddy do that makes this better? What can I do to make this more entertaining? Like I'm at the end of this lesson. It's not very exciting to them. You know, "Is, is, is daddy not doing a very good job? Is this not interesting? How can I make this more interesting? And you'll be shocked at the advice that they'll give you yeah. And you'll find, oh, daddy, I just don't like the way your shirt is bouncing off of your undershirt. It's not complimentary. Pink does not work with blue. Yeah. You know, that type of thing. Like, Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, you know, I, I think it's okay, except that I have a really itchy foot. Yes. Um, oh, I did not know. Oh, we, we itchy Itchy foot issues. Yeah. Well, it would have, you know, it just would be better if I could do it in my pajamas. Okay. Okay. Go go get the pajamas on. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the answers are really small or, you know, they had a snack, but it wasn't quite enough. And they're just like, yeah, it'd be better if I could just have a few more Cheerios. Mm -hmm. I mean, it... It's some, and other times they could be like, "Yeah, that was really boring. I wish you would do it in funny voices or something." Right? Sometimes it is stuff that you need to do, but sometimes the things are ridiculously easy to solve. And yeah. if we just ask the question, yeah. we can really get to the bottom yeah, of they're it. They're not,
0: they're not some strangers. Feel free to talk to them and communicate with them, and you know, ask them how to improve things, and, and you'll be shocked at what you get. And the yeah. last one, you know, big issue is that you know these are young kids; their brains are all wiring up still. <laughs> you know they're not 25 mm-hmm. yet they haven't finished wiring up and they have big emotional issues going on and their their hormones are flying through the, and they're growing and mm-hmm. they're crazy time you know you know expectations and big leaps
1: in emotional big, and psychological oh, development
0: huge leaps in development and all of those things kind of flood into it and you know what today just might not be the day And you need to hold off for another day and do the lesson tomorrow.
1: Yeah, whenever I feel like there's just, you know, there's no explanation, right? When you talk to your kid and you're like, uh, they're just fighting you, you know, fighting whatever it is, go and take a bath, whatever it is, homeschool. And they're fighting, and you're just like, "What's wrong?" And they then they can't articulate it to you. That's when you know that the problem that you have is larger than I have an itchy foot or I want to do this in my PJs, yeah. right? And and we we had this happen. Our daughter had just a huge, um, uh, just a huge spike in disrespectful behavior. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was uh, lashing out. She was being rude. She was refusing to do anything. She was fighting with us all the time, and and this was. I don't know, about six months after her sister was born. And we just, we were like, what is the matter with you? Everything is fine. And you're just, it's like you turned into like a, a crazy monster child. What What's happening? And she was, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's like, there was no, there was nothing we could solve. Mm-hmm. And I ended up dropping it in the, t- in the time that we were having the struggle and just letting it go. And later when she was quiet and she was calm you know, I laid with her and said, you know, I just want to talk about it. And I just want to hear from you how you feel. Is there, is there anything that's bothering you? And she said, yeah, I'm, I, I just feel like you spend more time with the baby than you spend with me. And I was like, oh, my mama heart, guys. Oh, it hurt. (laughs) And I said, okay, is there anything that you're afraid of? And she was like, she was afraid that we loved the baby more than we loved her. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was it hit me like a ton of bricks. I did not realize that, you know, we had a six month old. It wasn't like the baby was brand new. We'd been living as a family of four for all these months. And I felt like everything was going well. And inside her little mind, she was having this whole big emotional issue Mm -hmm. where she had this need for connection and reassurance that I didn't even know about. Um, so I would say if you are having a struggle and you know your learner can't articulate why they don't want to do it and what the problem is and all of that let it go just let it go move on with your day when they're calm and they've had time to reflect and it's quiet. I love talking to our daughter in the, in the, at night before I put her to bed, it seems like that's a time when the house is quiet and mm-hmm. we turn on the, the low light in her room and I cuddle with her and she's in a very safe space. And she feels, I think that she can tell me anything at that time. And that's when I probe. And, and that's when she told me all these things. And, and, it was like a light bulb went off right so if you're really struggling with something and you just can't get to the root of it you you know you're going to need to probe and probe at the right time and probe with you know curiosity and sensitivity cuz they are just growing and changing so much right now and i don't think that i don't think any kids trying to be a bad kid no. or a disrespectful kid um or you know just you know doesn't want to learn all children want to learn all children are naturally curious so uh, if something's happening and you know you just just probe in, in a really thoughtful way with them um when they're ready to talk mm-hmm. you know and, and i i think you'll be kind of amazed at what you find um with them and be be ready Well, <laughs> oh, my mama heart was ready for what she had to say to me um but we moved on from there you know, and that's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's the way you would do it if it was therapy or anything, right? Just talk it through.
0: Yep. Well said. I, I, I I really feel everything you just said. Like it's, yeah. Yeah.
1: I like get choked off thinking about it right now because it was just so, Yeah. I was not expecting. I think adding connection,
0: just increasing connection is not a bad thing. And increasing Mm -hmm. connection increases communication, Communication allows you to get through those sticky points. And it
1: increases trust, right? Yeah. When you say that we need to learn this and I'm he- it's important hear, for you.
0: I hear you. I understand what you're saying. And I'm going to try and you know do what I need to do most of the time that's all they're expecting. They you don't have to actually solve the problem. You just have to hear what they're saying and they right. they feel that trust, they feel that connection and that's what they need. You know, this was a little bit of a longer podcast but it was a big question. And this I think This is a tough question. I think y'all. we tried to, I think we tried to really attack it from, you know, a thoughtful pattern of ideas, you know, environment, time as kind of the ground base and then doing the preparation, implementation and roadblocks and kind of Attacking it from that that standpoint and obviously there's no right answer um, But hopefully you can get some tips and tricks get some ideas Maybe reset your mindset on how you attack certain things Mm -hmm. and hopefully that might help you if you're having challenges get through things that being said as as super intelligent and smart as we have, <laughs> tomorrow's gonna be another day and I'm gonna screw up somehow. Yeah. So I mean learning every day. I you I eagerly know await having to solve the next problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, we don't have all the answers, but I Lindsay, I hope that this was helpful. Hopefully. Um yeah. I hope maybe we gave you a a few ideas and and I hope that you find success with With your learner and and your struggles there. So, and and to you all that you're listening to this, and if you have some just great things that you've used that have helped you, please reach out, put them on the Facebook group, Mm -hmm. help us all to learn um, from each other and get better. So... You know, please right.
0: reach out. Let's end it the way we always do. We'll try to keep it short here. What we're into this week: Melissa and Doug felt sandwiches. Yeah, we're into or felt felt food. Felt
1: food. Yeah, we're into felt food. I, you know, this is something that our kids got for Christmas, and Melissa and Doug has a bunch of different felt sets. We'll link one in the show notes. We have the sandwich set, but she's got a, they've got a bunch. so They've got pizza and sushi, and they've got a bunch, and they're just really cute and sturdy felt pieces. They're great, they're great safe thing
0: for the two kids to do. The five year old and the almost. Right. They're your, like
1: toddler safe, basically. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's something Great that imagination. Our, our kids can do together. They can prepare food and pretend to eat and pretend to serve us. And we did some international food with it. And, and so they were looking at pictures and trying to recreate different sandwiches and things. Yeah, and yeah.
0: One of them was, the, I think it's a, like, you can make some sushi, you can make pho. You yeah, yeah, they got a, they got
1: some felt food in their most recent little passports. We'll talk about little passports ah, on yes, a future yes, episode, but they took that and they added it to their felt sandwich set, and it has kept them entertained. You know, it's really hard to find toys that are um, that you can play with at a toddler age and at an early elementary age both together, because it's so hard to get something that's baby, you know, kind of baby toddler safe um, that's still entertaining for five to six and older. Uh, that's just it's hard for us to find things that they both can do together and equally enjoy uh, and felt food. Who knew? Felt food. Yeah,
0: super easy. You pull it out. It doesn't take up a lot of space.
1: Yeah, it was great. It's easy to pack for them to play. They play together um, and, you know, very affordable. So felt food.
0: We'll link it in the show notes. Take a look. Thanks so much for
1: joining us today and making
0: us a part of your
1: homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook, and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time,
0: happy homeschooling!